the thing that's taught us the most is just doing. I think the best way to learn about growth is just to try things and to see what works because you'll be surprised. Growth and marketing are changing so much every day that you'll be surprised by what your advisors don't know about if you just come up with some creative strategies and go after them. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. My name is Tom Hunt, your host. And before we jump into today's awesome interview, we have to give a shout out to Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. This thing is completely free. So just Google Webmaster Tools, sign up, create an account. It will do three things for you. The first thing it will do is track and tell you when anybody links to your site. This is very important so that when people do, you can obviously track to see the progress of your link building campaigns. The second thing it will do is tell you about the health of your site. If there's any on-page issues you need to fix, it will alert you straight away. And the third thing it will do is tell you which keywords are ranking. So if you are trying to do any organic SEO work, you need this tool. Google Webmaster Tools and sign up is completely free and I assume it will be free forever. Now, today's episode, I actually wanted to release this episode because just yesterday we were hiking in the countryside in the UK and I saw a van drive past and on the side of the van, he was like a plumber, I think. And on obviously the this plumber, whether it's just him or whether it's multiple people, all of the vans have the brand, the nice branding on the side of the van. And I'm saying to myself, this guy, he's probably not a marketer, right? He's clearly a, a plumber, but he still does this thing. He still puts the name of the brand on the van. So whenever he's in the process of driving someone's house, whenever he's delivering the service, he is essentially marketing because he's getting those impressions from people looking at the van, especially if the van is parked outside the house that he's doing the work on and the neighbors are over, like looking out the window to see who's doing the plumbing work, right? And so this gets me thinking in that's a strategy that offline old school businesses can use. They can basically put their logo on their car. What is the analogy in the world of B2B SaaS or service businesses online? How can you show your product either as you are delivering it or can the customer somehow show your product as they are using it? And so the interview we're going to jump into now is the founder and CEO of a a video editing called Capring. The founder and CEO is Julia Endhoven, who is an incredible CEO, co-founder, formerly Google, Apple, Stanford, all of those things. Julia jumped on to talk specifically about how Capring have been leveraging this kind of marketing. Some people call it product-led growth, but how can you market your service or software as it's being used? So let's jump into that interview right now. Julia, hello. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. So Capling have done a couple of things that I think absolutely incredible. We're going to dive deep into them in this episode. Uh, but first, it'll be good to have like a 30-second of your background and then also of how you started Capling. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the founder and CEO of Capling. I started it with a friend of mine two years ago. Eric, my co-founder, and I worked together at Google before starting Capling. And our background is as web developers. So um, when we started playing, we just started building and bootstrapped for a while before we raised money last summer. I just realized I've been pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Kapwing and Kapwing are both fine. But Kapwing is sort of like an automatopoeia, you know, like Kapwing, something bouncing off of something yeah, else. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like much. sounds much nicer. Awesome. So bootstrapped, raised money last summer. And I think the strategy that I want to kind of hone in here with 
it originated in your bootstrapping period. And so I, actually, I'm just going to give you the stage and explain the, the watermark thing, how it came about, why you did it. Yeah, absolutely. So Kapoing is an online editor for images, video, GIFs, a bunch of other like modern media formats. And so we started it with basically the idea that it was way too hard to create video and animations using like desktop software. So we started it out of sort of our own product pain, basically wanting to make something better to just create simple video formats. Because we were bootstrapping at the beginning, we needed to make money essentially from day one. Like We didn't really have any money. So we had to fund the business and, and pay rent. And the way that we did that was we added a watermark, a kapwing.com uh, text watermark to the output videos. So that if someone wanted to remove the watermark from the output video, they had to actually pay us a fee. And eventually, we I think we launched the paywall like after, like three weeks after we launched the MVP. So we made our first dollar like less than three weeks, or you know like about three weeks basically after we launched the product for the first time. So at the start, with a one dollar per video to remove the watermark. That's right. It was only one dollar for to remove the watermark from one video at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think this is so clever because. The people that either don't have the money or don't want to pay are just going to spread the word, right? Exactly. And there's this... We kind of like accidentally stumbled onto this like viral effect because of the pressure of bootstrapping. But for example, like Kanye has retweeted a Kukwing meme. Uh, Joe Jonas like posted a watermarked video on his Instagram. We have... We see that the Kukwing videos and images are like uh, ranked at the top of Reddit. They get tons of likes and retweets on Twitter. So we see that there's sort of like a viral effect by people seeing the watermark and then coming to like look up what it is. And so this is my next question is, how are you tracking the impact of that? So unfortunately, we don't have great ways to track it. We have two sort of like anecdotal signals, I would say, that we use as a proxy. The first is when, there's, when we see something really spiky, like a celebrity sharing a complaint meme or something like that. We can see how that affects search traffic for the word Kapwing or for mm-hmm. kind of related queries like a Kapwing text or Kapwing mark or something like that. And those to us seem like it's a strong signal that people are basically curious and looking for it. Um, the second is we can see how those things affect traffic, obviously. So for example, if someone like shares a Facebook something on Facebook with the watermark, then we can try and see like how that affects traffic. But as we've grown and sort of diversified our acquisition strategies, it's been harder to see exactly what the effect is sure. um, of that kind of word of mouth. But yeah, it's like having all these little mini salespeople all around the internet that can sometimes throw a massive like way or like can they can retweet one of your salespeople and then have like millions of impressions like absolutely free. You didn't even have to create the actual meme, right? That was someone else on your platform. Right, exactly. And because that's especially strong because our product is something that's built for creators, built for marketers and influencers, people that are sharing on social media, there's a really close like alignment between the people that have influence and our audience, which means the word of mouth effect is really strong. Whose idea was it with it to add the watermark? I don't I mean I don't really remember mm. who it was Eric and I or like what it originally looked like. Like I said, it was always kind of we knew that we had to launch something that was gonna make money from day one. And so it was we always knew we were going to add some sort of mark that people would have to pay to remove. Mm. And so right now it's no longer for an individual video or it still is, but there's also the monthly subscription. That's right. So now a user can pay $6 to remove the watermark from one video mm-hmm. or $20 a month for unlimited access to all of our tools. Yeah. And you're continuing to bang out like a new tool like consistently. 
That's right. And we also have like one sort of like more powerful unified studio, which has a bunch of the different tools together. And so we like to say we sort of have like a T product approach. Like we still build individual tools that are optimized for individual tasks, but we also put a lot of development and like unified attention into the studio. Sure. And there's also one thing that you did, which I don't think is still alive, but it's the ability to someone to skip past that paywall and get their video out with no watermark. That's right. So in the very, very beginning, like the first day that we launched the product, we hadn't figured out how to like charge people money. We hadn't figured out integration with Stripe yet. And so instead, we just launched the product and people had to sign in. I think they had to... Not even. They had to... We hadn't figured out authentication either. They had to give us their email address, like type it in in order to get a video with no watermark. And we realized that we could... like. I'm definitely sure Eric came up with this idea. But he was like... You know, people should have to like tell us why they want to remove the watermark. Like they should have to like apologize to us because it costs money for us to process their videos. And so we thought that was kind of funny. And so we decided to write to do sort of like a kind of informal experiment to see how people like responded when we asked them to apologize for removing the watermark. Like basically say sorry to like a tiny startup for like using our resources without helping us spread the word. And so, yeah, we did that at the very beginning. We had a link that said, even after we launched the paywall, we still kept this link on the paywall page, which was like, I really don't want to pay. And when someone Mm -hmm. clicked that link, they saw Eric and I's faces, a picture of us, like frowning and looking really sad. And it was like, we're a small startup. We need you to help us spread the word. If you really can't pay, you can apologize to us and get the video for free. And we wrote a blog post about that that ended up doing really well for the business. It was kind of the first way we learned about SEO also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's awesome as well. Like whenever you do something... If you're in the space where like a small startup would be your customer, whenever you do something cool, you write about it and then that will get you more customers, right? So that's not the strategy we're talking about. Um, Back to the... (laughs) So back to the watermark. So you guys have essentially seen like over time since you... Well, since you launched... I'd assume you'd see an, a, a lovely upward ticking curve of organic searches for your brand name as more people come to the platform and create more memes that spread out into the internet. Is that accurate? Definitely. And actually now, just as of the last... I think in March was the first month where searches for our brand name are like... We get more searches for our brand name than we do for the tools themselves. Oh, um, cool. Now the brand has sort of become the most popular way that people find the product the first time. Cool. I actually remember reading somewhere that you did, you had an early SEO strategy where you were just ranking for meme creator, all the other like many tools you have. So now you're saying that actually more people are searching for your name than for when well, no, Yeah, that's really cool. So good. Are you doing anything to optimize or to try and improve that growth engine going forward? Yeah, definitely. So one thing we did to improve it was we changed the watermark itself. So it used to be yeah. just this like, plain white text that said our name, kapoing.com. And we updated it to be like a branded image and like logo with the text. That has done well for us. We've seen now that, that basically across the internet, like Kapwing is sort of taking on its own brand. Mm-hmm. Like uh, on Reddit, for example, someone will share Kapwing meme or something like that. And someone else will comment Kapwing, just the word Kapwing. And that comment will get like upvoted basically to the top of all like the comments for the meme. So we also see like people making YouTube videos about it and other things. We also have optimized it in various other ways. Like we know that if we made it bigger, if we made it like a little bit more obnoxious, then people would probably like convert at a higher rate. But honestly, our focus has just been on growth right now, not conversion. So even though we know there's like a lot we could do to help people, to make people convert, we haven't done 
that much in the vein of increasing our conversion. Last thing I'll mention is we also like did, I don't know if this is something interesting to you, but we did an engineering trick where we basically moved the watermark so that it's not overlaid on top of the user's text. So that if they do add text to the video, uh, we don't obscure the text with nice. the Okay. And so that's a, that was a growth-focused change, not a revenue-focused change, right? That's right. That's right. So good. And so right now, it doesn't say catwing.com, it says catwing and it's branded, mm-hmm. right? That's okay, right. cool. So you took off the .com. So that would mean you'll be getting less direct, you would assume less direct visits. But more people are like recognizing the catwing brand because you have your branding and colors, and they'll be searching for the brand name. That's right. Yep. Cool. And it's so interesting. Like it's like a new culture, right? Especially on like mm-hmm. places like Reddit where people are like using your, that's so good. Right, like yeah. absolutely incredible growth channel. Awesome. So we have a quick fire round. Three questions I want to go through now, Julia, as we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Favorite marketing or growth book? Definitely Traction. And I'm going to forget the name, which is just terrible. Or sorry, the name of the author. It's like Jesse something. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's the founder behind DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the book. It just goes through like 16 channels. Yes, it is. Like, oh, I have every new employee read it. I buy them a copy oh, when they start the thing. It is super tactical and just like a great read for anyone who's trying to learn how to grow their startup for the first time. Fantastic. Favorite SaaS business apart from your own? <laughs> I would say, I mean, this is such a cliche answer, but I think Slack is an incredible mm. product and has like incredible viral growth. We think a lot about how we can introduce like more communication and teamwork into Kapwain's sort of inspired by that. And the person who's taught you the most about growth slash marketing? I would actually... This is kind of a trick answer, but I would say that the thing that's taught us the most is just doing. And so Mm -hmm. uh, probably the person who's taught me most is my co-founder because we work together on Mm -hmm. doing a bunch of these stunts. I think the best way to learn about growth is just to try things and to see what works because you'll be surprised. You know, Growth and marketing are changing so much every day that you'll be surprised by what your advisors don't know about if you just come up with some creative strategies and go after them. That is an incredible piece of advice, Julia. Thank you so much. I want to encourage people to go to Capwing or Google Capwing or go to Capwing.com. <laughs> Even if you just want to see that process of like going and creating a free video and then having the watermarks video, because it's an absolutely incredible growth channel. Julia, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that discussion. I hope it inspired an idea for how you can get other people to see your experience, your product as it's being used, whether that's as a B2B service or whether that is as a B2B piece of software. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you would like to get a shout out on the show, simply go to Apple Podcasts, leave a honest rating and review, and I'll get you a shout out. And of course, Thank you for listening.